0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on back to Mind Your Popcorn. I'm one of your two hosts, Ricky Uniac. And I'm Chuck Clark. So, Chuck, it's been, I think, just two weeks since our last episode. Um, Anything new, anything exciting going on with you since we last recorded? Um, Not especially.
1: Um, I am going to a UFC event in a couple weeks. Uh, M- Mother's Day weekend. Oh, um, which which event is that? You have it's a fight night in Charlotte. Okay, Mother's Day weekend. Are you taking your mom? I am not. Ooh, My mom that... is not interested in combat sports, really any sports of any nature. Mm. But combat would probably be maybe bottom of the list for her.
0: That pretty seem that, that seems pretty on par for most moms out there.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: uh who's fighting
1: um let me look it up because i actually don't know off the top of my head um it's a good fight i believe okay let me see yes uh these these names Jeriso rosnick rostruck versus jailton almeida they're both heavyweights oh okay i i think you nailed it um
0: that's you know that's one of the more interesting things about UFC is, I think well just, I think with any combat sport like is there a such thing as a well I know there's such a thing as a boring fight I've watched a couple boring fights but like you wouldn't go and just watch like the Royals play the A's you know, like like with with a combat sport you don't have to know the fighters like okay like two people are going to. Try and inflict harm and damage on the other. One ticket, please. Yes.
1: Oh, it's uh, a three p.m. card too. Oh, Has that on Saturday? That's interesting.
0: I've, I've never been to a UFC fight. Um, it's, it's it's like probably should be on my bucket list. I know Cleveland has quite a few of them, but like, I don't know jake paul's not u f c is he i feel like that's like the only no UFC that's uh
1: against. he's his own thing i can't remember what it what it's what their thing is um but they've got their own like um fight card fight network kind of thing god what's it called um
0: yeah whatever league it is that allows you to call out retired and washed up n b a players and n b a players or n f l players that have probably not worked out in years, whatever that league is called. That's what he's a part of.
1: Yeah. He's on, he's in some league called um, professional fighters league, Interesting. which sounds like the generic name from some movie that couldn't like get the rights to UFC or whatever.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. I don't know. I, I would love to go to an, uh, an event. I just, um, I've not gotten around to it yet, but so that that's Mother's Day weekend, you said?
1: Yeah. Are
0: you going to bet on it? I feel like you have to.
1: I mean, obviously, but like it. I don't think North Carolina has sports betting, so I'm going to have to bet on it before I go. I'm going to figure out the we're going to figure out the picks before I get there.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to say you have to have it all figured out. Um, that's weird that I thought I thought that they No, you're right. I don't think they do. I don't think that they have sports betting. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Um do you bet on UFC at all? Uh I don't as much, but uh Duran does. Duran and Duran makes a good bit of money. It's probably the thing he's best at betting. So I try and tail his bets sometimes.
0: I just like I I see him tweet about it and Duran if you're listening, this is probably the 10th time that I'm going to admit that I should probably just tail most of your picks. Um but cuz who fought this past weekend um uh, I know it wasn't UFC but it was uh Well there was Garcia. a UFC
1: there was a UFC fight this weekend it was Gervonta versus Garcia Gervonta Tank Davis from Baltimore um versus Garcia Tank won in the 7th round which he picked he had bets for Tank to finish him in the second, sixth and 7th round. Second round he got a knockdown and then the 7th round he ended up hitting him in the body with a body shot that took him down. And I had a bet Gervonta to win in round seven through 12. So that was a nice, that was a nice payday. So like, what are the odds on
0: that? Like, I, I know nothing about.
1: Well, that was boxing too. Um, So the exact round, I think he had like, it was plus 600 or plus 700 or something. Something like that. For round seven through 12, DraftKings had a boost on it. um, Or not a boost, but they had it at plus 210 and i put a boost on it for plus 260
0: okay man that's pretty good i i need to dabble in the combat sport betting world i am just that is not something that i've gotten around to yet
1: and uh he also just at fyi uh always makes a uh, everybody black parlay yeah, I so saw that's sweet
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> that's amazing um but last week was uh for UFC was Pavlovich versus Curtis Blades and Pavlovich knocked him out in the first round.
0: Okay, so was the UFC fight or the boxing match that ended with the, the liver shot?
1: That was the boxing match.
0: Bro, I saw that and you know, I'm not a doctor. I've never done combat sports, so I don't know what that pain is like. I've heard it's terrible. Yeah. But there's, I saw it in slow mo, and it's a vicious, it's a vicious hit to the liver. And then you kind of see, because I think it was Garcia who took the hit, right? Yeah. Garcia lost.
1: And they right. were both undefeated going into the game, into the match.
0: Garcia kind of stumbles, and it's like he doesn't, it's like the pain really hasn't quite registered yet. Right. And then I don't remember if that was a knockdown, but you, you can see, like, literally see the pain in his face. It just looked yep. absolutely brutal. It was all over my Twitter feed, I think. What was that, Sunday morning? Um, yeah, because that had Saturday damn, night. I, I could never do that, man.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: I would be puking, puking in the ring.
1: Yeah, that's the thing about Tank Davis, too, is that apparently, and I don't follow boxing. This is, again, all, we're, basically, this combat sports was brought to you by Duran. Yeah, by his yeah. words from Duran. You know. We're we're um, just reading off his TL at this point, is what we're doing. Is that basically he just punches super hard. Like he's kind of small, but like packed. So his punches pack a lot of weight. And yeah, you can tell, like, oof, I would not be able to no regular person would be able to withstand those attacks.
0: So realistically, how much money would somebody
1: have to pay you to get in the ring with a professional boxer? Oh, well, we're talking millions. Really? Talking, like, talking millions. So yeah. Like five million. Yeah.
0: You know, I guess if you think about it, like you in a way, I guess, you know, you're legitimately putting your life on the line. Yeah. You know, like Chuck, I'm going out on a limb here. I'm assuming you don't have any sort of combat sport experience yourself.
1: huh uh not exactly not unless uh fake or you know whatever spar fake well not really fake fight but fighting with like sparring equipment in the dorm room and in freshman year of college one per like in some bs
0: fight okay so minimal combat sport <laughs> experience yeah like it, if you don't know how to protect yourself and well, really, I guess it just comes down to that protecting yourself. Like you, I mean, people have died. People yeah. have died. Like, um, I know for sure in in a boxing ring. I don't know if there's been a death in a in the octagon, like on the floor in the octagon. There, there might be. I think somebody's died after, like in the hospital, unfortunately. But anywho, yeah, you're right. It's it's got to be Chuck. Five million might be too low. I might need to go like. I
1: might need to go eight figures. Eight figures. So you're talking like 10 million. Yeah. 20 million. I think I
0: think 10 million is my number. Now, I don't know what my answer would be if somebody had a briefcase with 100 grand in it in cash. And I saw that, you know, maybe I say yes. But as it sits right now or as it stands right now. With a, 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 a clear mind, I probably not. I'm probably not doing it for less than ten million. It's it's got to be life changing money. Not that five million is not life changing money, because it definitely is. But I guess it's got to be like generational wealth. Like if I if I'm going to die, I I, I think ten millions my number. Like for me to put my life on the line and 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 get into a boxing ring uh, with a professional fighter. Now remember we're maybe only 15 years removed from Kimbo Slice walking around the street and giving people like a hundred dollar bills for him to punch him as hard as he can,
1: like on the street and people were taking it for a hundred dollar bills. Did you ever watch those videos? Uh, No, but I'll tell you what I did watch in, in the movie Jackass forever, Francis Ngannou, the uh, heavyweight champion at the time, I believe, or light heavyweight. I don't know. I think, no, I I think think it was pure heavyweight. Pure Um, Heavyweight. Punched one of the guys, Aaron, I think in the nuts as hard as he could. Yeah. And uh, no amount of money, no, no. amount of money.
0: <laughs> no. <Nothing>. And <laughs> in fact, that's one of those guys where like, I, I think if you were to tell me, hey, here's a blank check, write down the number that it would need, you know, for you to get into the ring with Francis and Ganu. I don't think that number exists. <laughs> For yeah. me, I just that man is is lethal and I enjoy my life. Yep. Oh, God. Now I got anxiety going into the rest of this episode talking about fighting Francis and But I anyway, that UFC event, I'm sure, is going to be very, very fun. Um, we have quite a bit of NBA news to get caught up on. I think when we last aired, the playoffs had not started yet. I don't believe. I think they were just getting ready to start, like, maybe that Friday or that Saturday. We were in the middle of the play-ins is what it was. Mm -hmm. And turns out that the Heat and the Hawks came out of the play-ins for the East and the Wolves and the Lakers. Right? Yeah. Came out for the West. Yeah. Yeah. So as we, you know, we're recording today's April 25th, there's a, I think there's like five series right now that are at three, one, um, across the playoffs. What, what's been the biggest surprise for you?
1: The biggest surprise for me has been, I mean, it's gotta be the heat, right? The heat going up on the bucks. The bucks were like, I thought even without Giannis, they, well, I guess they did do what I would expect without Giannis, they they went one and one with Giannis without him. I mean, um, I guess two and one because he got injured pretty early in that first game, I think. But or one and two. I kind of thought they would be able to just kind of get past the heat. But. Playoff to be Butler, as much as he insists, it's not a thing. It's it's a <laughs> thing. It is a thing. And, and he is. It was on man. full display last night.
0: What did, he, what did he finish with, 54, 55? 56 points. Good God, man. And, like, you know, I'm not trying to downplay it, but – well, actually, I'm definitely not trying to downplay it. Because the Bucks without Giannis are legitimately still a playoff team. <laughs>
1: like, they yeah. still
0: play very, very well without him. They were still favored to win the series when Giannis was ruled out for games two and it was just game
1: two and games three, two and three, he two played, two three Giannis played last
0: night. Yeah. Um, and he got injured. I don't remember. Was it like halfway through game one? Was it the end? I can't remember.
1: I, I thought it was like fairly early. Like I remember it happening and being like, Oh, that's over.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, and Giannis dropped the triple double last night, you know? So it's not like he wasn't effective. Yeah. So I think you're right. The heat are probably the biggest surprise. Um I think that maybe the Knicks too, but so I think as a as a Cavs fan because I've kind of been watching the Knicks for the last 2 weeks of the regular season, really all gear. The Knicks are they were a very fun team to watch. I actually had League Pass this year, so I got a chance to watch them. Um I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but honest to God, hand up, this was not surprising to me. Um, the Knicks, I think, were three and one on the season series against the Cavs, and the Cavs have legitimately no bench. Yeah, I mean, there is not a player coming off the bench um, that brings anything to the table. Uh, I, Minus Karis Levert But Karis Levert's been starting recently So I don't know Um, I think for me it It's not a huge surprise But Like you kind of look at that Second round matchup now man And it's like the Knicks are,
1: If the Knicks and the Heat hold on Which I expect them both to I mean if the Knicks and the Heat hold on Then the C- Celtics and Sixers Are that's what the Celtics And uh, 76ers are praying for. That they play the actual Eastern Conference finals. Exactly. And really, it's it's the Celtics.
0: I, I have no faith in the 76ers. Um, they play a garbage brand of basketball. I don't care if you, a 76ers fan is listening. Your team's disgusting. They make me want to vomit when I watch them. James Harden's a fraud. But the Celtics
1: might sweep them. Okay, that's, that's a little strong james harden's pretty good he's just he's not he can't put the out the f the consistent effort that i think he used to be able to when he was in the rock with on the rock old rockets days you know because we were about harden's... to get a new because we might be getting new rockets days in a few soon. yeah um uh, yikes um <laughs> i saw a tweet the other day um the Bucks tweeted like the freak is walking in with Giannis and somebody quote tweeted and said the Rockets when M.A. Odoka comes to the building.
0: (laughs) I, you know what? Like, so there were, there were some people um, that I think had some, some over the top reactions to that hire. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Chuck. He just had, in a fair right with an employee, but it was consensual.
1: Yeah, but it was a lot of weird stuff going on. There's, there hasn't been a lot coming out about it, which is kind of shocking to me. Okay.
0: Okay. Then I'm, I'm then I'm going to not say what I was about to say, because I don't know everything. Um, however, the reaction around the league when that news came out was, was pretty, it, it, it was gold. i I thought that he was going to get the Raptors job. That's the news that I was seeing was that Nick Nurse was out and Paducah was their number one choice. But I guess the Rockets are probably a more desirable landing
1: spot if you're a head coach. The Rockets are a bigger market. So you've got a better chance of like getting free agents to come there. But is it a hot take to say that the Rockets have a brighter future than the Raptors? No. I mean, kind of, yeah. I mean, the Raptors are in a weird place where, like, they're and the Pacers are kind of in this weird place too, where it's like, okay, you're either you're kind of stuck fighting for a play-in spot. They need a superstar-caliber player to come there and play, and if they do, they're a contender. I think if, like, you know, um, if you know, I don't not that this would happen, but if Kawhi Leonard went back there. They would be a championship contender at least, right? But trying to get one to come there is is difficult. So they have to essentially draft a superstar and hope they get lucky. And right now, they're just not in it. It's like you're, you know what I mean? Versus Houston's kind of got like at least a pretty decent young core. And if you bring in a superstar like Harden and maybe one other really good player, like Kawhi or like... You know what I mean? Or, you know, depending on what the Clippers do, um, y- you can make that or like if they bring in Kyrie, Kyrie and James Harden together with no Jabari, that would be that would be something that could happen. Um, uh, That's 100 percent, by the way, something that could 100 percent happen.
0: I, I I don't want to go off on a Kyrie tangent here because it'd be so easy, but like, I just don't know how a team takes a chance I guess if, if if a team was going to take a chance it would be a young team like the Rockets but um I I just don't know if that's the kind of guy I'd want my young guys learning from you know is, is that the kind of vet I, vet I want in the locker room but anywho I again not don't want to go don't want to go down the Kyrie Irving road um the Rockets have a shot at the number one overall pick right like they're they they're a bottom yeah. three okay so they could get Wembanyama. Yeah. Now, that would be interesting. I mean, if you end up getting James Harden
1: and in then the offseason. And you could probably trade Kevin Porter, uh, Porter Jr., or, you know what I mean, one of your, any of your guards, you know what I mean, at that point. Right. Depending yeah. on what your bench looks like. There's they have Boban. The yep. They have Boban, so.
0: They have uh <laughs> too. Yeah. Who's uh, a pretty exciting so, player.
1: Detroit, Houston, and San Antonio are the three teams tied for best odds to win the lottery. God, if,
0: if Victor goes to San Antonio, um, that would just be the worst.
1: Ooh, imagine him, Kelton Johnson. Ooh.
0: I I really want him on Detroit. Well, OK. OK, actually, you know, as somebody who has a, their favorite team plays in the Eastern Conference, I guess I would rather him go to the West because I think he's going to be that great. Um, But I think the best landing spot for him out of those three teams, like from a a basketball standpoint, it's got to be Detroit.
1: Over. So they would. Do you think they trade Wiseman? Yeah. Yeah, you have to. Well, what's Wiseman's contract?
0: I don't think that they signed him. I think it's his contract with the Warriors,
1: right? His rookie. Uh, Let me see. James Wiseman signed a four-year, $39 million with the Warriors. He's then traded. So, yeah, the club gets enough. Op- the team can um, – so, yeah, he's let's see. Duh, duh, duh. Yeah, so he's um, on the Pistons for the next season for sure. Okay. But it's only a $12 million base salary.
0: Yeah, I just think that you dump a player like that if 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 you get Victor cuz if you get the number 1 overall pick.
1: Well, no, you keep him through the season just in case Wimbaya gets injured and then you trade him at the deadline. Yeah,
0: okay. Yeah, that's definitely more realistic. But if you're a team I any of these teams that are in, realistically in the running for the first overall pick. And I guess like when I say realistically, I mean teams with like a a 7% chance or higher. You know those top Right or however you want to look at it, those bottom like six, seven teams.
1: So that would um, be that would also include then Charlotte, Port and Charlotte, Portland and Orlando.
0: Right. I don't think that there is a a scenario in which any of those teams would, if they got the number one overall pick, they would trade out a number one. No. Like I'm in my head, I'm trying to think of like a package that somebody would offer.
1: There is no team that would not take Victor Wembaya over any player in the NBA, maybe short of like Kate. No, I wouldn't take I wouldn't trade Wembaya the rights for Wembaya for any player in the NBA right now. Except maybe Jason Tatum. But even then, Wembaya is a unicorn. Like no.
0: So you're taking the rights for Victor
1: over Luca? Yeah, probably. Hmm. Wembaya is cheaper than Luca. How do you say his last name? Wembaya? Wembaya
0: is my understanding, yeah. Why did I think it was Wembinyama? Why did you let me pronounce it like that earlier?
1: Let me look up how it's spelled, because now you got me
0: Oh, this is this is great podcasting.
1: Wembinyama might be right actually.
0: Wembinyama. Okay, okay. When when Binyama, I thought that I was sounding like an idiot for a second. Nope, turns um, out it was me. Life comes at you Hi, fast, man. Hello,
1: <laughs> I'm the problem. It's me. Are you opening for Taylor at her shows <laughs> in Baltimore? I couldn't. Have, she does. She's not coming to Baltimore or DC.
0: Oh my God! What the hell? What the hell, yeah. Taylor? She's definitely listening. Um, I'm I'm racking my brain trying to think of somebody, but I think you're probably right. Like maybe only Tatum.
1: Um, Dylan Brooks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mister! I'm not gonna speak to the media after I had a bad game. Oh my God! Villainy card revoked. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Like
0: uh, if if you're going to lean in to the villain card as much as he has all season. Going back to last season, right? Like this isn't just uh, this isn't a new thing, right?
1: He's and been leaning blames- into
0: it for so long, and then he blames that the fans are labeling him as a villain and trying to change the the uh, change the per the perception of him. Like what? Ridiculous. Weak, Weak stuff. Yeah, Get that out of is. Here. You know it. It's. For those, if anyone's listening and they don't know what we're talking about, uh, how, first off, but Dylan Brooks on the Memphis Grizzlies, um, known, I guess, a self-proclaimed bad boy, menace, menace, you know, villain, uh, homie that uh, dances, you know, his way onto the court in the pregame, likes to post the videos on Instagram, known shit talker. Dylan Brooks um, decided to call out who many people consider the GOAT. This is not going to be a GOAT debate, but the only person who could maybe challenge Michael Jordan as the NBA GOAT, LeBron James, decided to call out LeBron at the end of game two and say that he was old and that he pokes bears. And that he doesn't respect anyone until they give him 40. Yep. Which it's like, dude, like if, if I was on the Grizzlies. I, I'm i going up to
1: him. Yeah, exactly. Flashback, flashbacks of Clay saying, I guess he got his feelings hurt.
0: Yes. Well, I, I, you know, I don't even want to compare Dylan Brooks and Clay, you know, because like. It's such an insult to Clay Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> but no, you're right. Like, you, you just don't do it. Like, I know LeBron's 38, but he's still LeBron James. This is the guy who broke the the NBA scoring record earlier this year, who went out and got – how many did he need in that game? 20 – was he need like 28 or something? Who got 28 like because he could and because he wanted to? Like at will?
1: You're talking about – man yeah yeah yep just dumb dumb things
0: if if I'm a Grizzlies fan right now, first of all, I'm thinking why like why why do we have this bozo on the team
1: and I mean they're definitely getting rid of him after this after this season. Well, he's up for a new
0: contract at the end of this year, so and he's he's not had a good year,
1: like which is crazy because he's a starter is he there starting three? I think he's their start. Yes, he's there. Technically, they starting three because Desmond Baines starts with the two. Right.
0: So he's their starting three. John ja Morant, the number one option on offense, has been out, has missed a lot of time this year. And Dylan Brooks numbers still basically didn't change. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just don't know what this guy brings to the table. Like, if I'm a Grizzlies fan, I want him gone. He's a clown.
1: Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah, he uh, he stinks. Did um, did you bet on this series?
0: I did not. I I put 10 bucks on the Lakers to win the series. But, you know, when when the matchups were set and when I was getting ready to place the bet, I figured that the Lakers might be like, I don't know, at least plus 200 dogs in the series. But they were only plus 120. So I guess like. I shouldn't be shocked because they're up three one. The Grizzlies really—they they have more problems outside of Dylan Brooks, um, and they kind of all start with Ja Morant. They really kind of have him in the same team since like halfway through the season when everything started to go like insanely wrong with Ja. But um, I, there's no way this series doesn't end, because what they, they just. Did the Lakers just beat them in Memphis?
1: No, no. They just no, the Lakers it just there. won at home. Their game five is in Memphis on uh, tomorrow. Well, when this episode drops Wednesday.
0: Yeah, there's no way this series goes past game six. You know, if the Lakers don't win game five in Memphis, then they're going to come home, you know, and win it in game six. And I, th- I think for me, another surprise in this playoffs have have kind of have been the Lakers. Um, like, everyone minus AD and LeBron. So, like, D'Lo,
1: Austin Reeves, and uh, Rui Hachimura. Yeah, Rui Hachimura might be the biggest surprise of all. Like, what is... That dude is putting up buckets. Where did this dude, come from? Did, well, Austin Reeves, too, man. Like, I, these
0: guys, like, all of a sudden, the Lakers went from having Patrick Beverly. And 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 Westbrook, who I'm not trying to throw shade at Westbrook. He wasn't a good fit on the Lakers. He's a much better fit on the Clippers, but on the Lakers, he wasn't working. But having those two is like the third and fourth options to like, you know, some legitimate alternatives, you know, mm-hmm. on offense that they can go to and that can, you know, that can take some of the pressure and the weight off of an AD and a LeBron and, You know, LeBron had 20 and 20 last night. Like LeBron didn't have to go out there and put up 40, you know? Yeah. Like, like he had to do. If you remember those, those Cavs teams after Kyrie left, LeBron was playing 45 minutes a game and he was averaging like damn near 45 in the playoffs. Yeah. So I listen, I, the Lakers are going to win the series. They're going to have to play the Nuggets.
1: Which I don't. No, think no, no. Is... They play the winner of King's Warriors. Oh,
0: you're right. You're right. Which, li- listen, uh, that series has been probably the most entertaining series so far in the playoffs. Um,
1: yeah. But... but if they if the Warriors win tomorrow, the, the series is over.
0: Right. Yeah. Because you're not it's not Oracle Arena anymore, is it?
1: Um, I no, it's the clay center or something like that. Chase, is it chase, chase center? Ch- chase center. Chase center.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I'm just going to call it new Oracle, but
1: if you're the Kings, yeah, you, you have to, you have to win at home. And listen, the warriors have been a terrible road team all year. Yeah. But you have to respond. I mean, they, they responded in that, in that fourth game, they, they could have laid down and instead they fought back to try and win. I don't know what Harrison Barnes is doing on the court in the last minute situation. Like that should be Kevin Huerter out there. <laughs> but um yeah anyways. That's all. <laughs> you know, It's not like it's not like Harrison
0: Barnes was trying to recapture any magic he had in that stadium like one, it's a different stadium and two like Harrison Barnes didn't do anything spectacular on those Warriors teams, you know. So I I saw if you go back and watch the clip of him taking the last shot, man, like you can see the Warriors bench in the background of the shot. And they start celebrating before the ball is even remotely close to, to, you know, to 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 reaching the basket. So just the disrespect. But um, getting back to it. You kind of have to think the Lakers have a
1: decent chance. Versus either of those two teams. I mean, if you're the Lakers, you definitely prefer the Kings. I think they've already shown that they can get rattled when they're at home. And if you, so if you just win one or two games, you, you only have to really win one or two games on the road, and then all of a sudden you can be in control of that series. If you win, if you take one of the first two games. And if you win both your games at home, all of a sudden you're up three, one, you're in control. So you would definitely prefer the Kings because the, if the Warriors come out and win and pull it off, then like all of a sudden Draymond's scumbaggery is like the greatest, like motivator for a playoff team. It'll, it'll, you know what I mean? They had their own spark. Yeah, no, for real.
0: But like, I, I don't know, like do the Warriors have the ability to just turn it on against LeBron James
1: led team in the playoffs? Like, well, do, the problem is the bigger problem for the Warriors is like, they might have bodies that can match up with LeBron and AD, but if Roy and Austin Reeves start going off and DLO start going off, do they have bodies to guard them? Cause the reason Sacramento Kings are, are competitive is, is because De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk are getting basically whatever they want because they don't have anybody to guard those guys. They don't have guards to guard guards. And Steph is better defensively than he was, but he's not elite defender by any means. So, you know, but that's the thing. Because the Lakers rely on AD and LeBron to have Herculean efforts to to win games, and the Warriors can contain that to some extent. I think the Warriors are, are a much tougher matchup for the Lakers. You know, like, I'm not saying it's a sweep for either one, but I don't. But I, if you're the Lakers, you're you're hoping the Kings win the series. And I I definitely agree with
0: you. Like the Kings are the better matchup, but with the Warriors, I mean, who is guarding Anthony Davis outside of Kevin Looney? I mean, Draymond Green, I guess. Can I know Draymond's a fantastic defender, but do you think that he's a little undersized to take on AD? I
1: don't know, man. I mean, AD also is just not playing well against the Grizzlies. and The Grizzlies don't really have anybody. I mean, he had a great game two, but every other or game game three, but every other game, he's not been doing the heroic efforts that you would expect him to have. He's, I don't know. Yeah, so, if, if
0: the Lakers want to make a serious run at the Western Conference Finals, AD has to show up in the second round. Yeah. I It, it, it can't just be in every other game or, you know, uh, every third game. Like, it's got to be consistent. He's got to go out there. You got to know that you can get, like, 25 and 10 from him, you know? He... Cause, what did he finish last night with? Like, wasn't, like... Or he had maybe it was game three, one of the games he only had like fourteen points and like seven rebounds
1: or something. It was so weird. I, Last I, night I, he had twelve points and eleven rebounds. Like what is that, man? I don't know. Yeah, game three he had the big game. That was the game right after the Brooks. So after the Brooks comments, yeah. he had thirty-one points, seventeen rebounds. And the, how old is Anthony Davis? Like twenty-eight? No, I think he's older than that. No way. He 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 had 13 points, nine rebounds in the game two loss.
0: How old is Anthony Davis? Let's look. Anthony Davis is. He's 29. He's 30. Oh, he's 30. Right. He just turned 30. Okay, so. He's he's got a he's he, he's gotta show up he's gotta be consistent um I, th- there's a clear correlation between the games that the Lakers win and the games where a d like shows up you know yeah um I don't know if he's battling an injury i mean really at this point of the season who isn't you know like- right. uh, uh, f- unfortunately this this playoff run has been absolutely um like, havoc with injuries has actually been, uh, you know, really disappointing. But it'll be interesting. Um, who who will the Nuggets play in the second round? The winner of the Suns Clippers? Clippers yeah.
1: So the Suns, because Quai's out game five, too. Yeah, what the hell is going on there, man? Like, bro. Are the Clippers cursed? They did something. Someone needs to go check on... <laughs> Like, like, is is that Donald? St- Donald Sterling must have done some permanent damage to that to that franchise.
0: It, it's funny because like you can't blame the stadium, you know, because like the Lakers, you know, the well, yep. the Lakers' only championship they won was you know in the bubble, you know, it was the Mickey Mouse ring. So, you know, like m- maybe there's an argument to be made there that maybe uh, a so called ab- Staples, what the hell is it called now? Crypto
1: crypto but they were staples you know for years when kobe was still there afterwards you know yeah So so who knows something happened after the 2010 championship something between then and you know what i mean yeah um i i think
0: i think as it's as it stands right now i think um we can officially call all the three one series is over don't think either of these teams are coming back. So it will be the Suns versus the Nuggets and the Lakers versus whoever to be determined. Um either gonna be the Suns or the Warriors. I think it's probably gonna be Warriors. And then we're going to have surely this won't come back to bite me. Uh so we're gonna have the Heat versus uh the Knicks and then the Celtics versus the sixers yep um out of those matchups which ones intrigue you most
1: <clears throat> probably nick's heat that's just gonna be like a really weird fun like throwback to 90s nba basketball series that's gonna be yeah. interesting to watch and Videos of these Knicks fans going crazy is just are, are just ab- objectively hysterical. Um, so that would be fun to watch. Um, and then I think Nuggets Suns would be the, probably the best just overall series. I want the Nuggets to win so badly, but. You know, the Sun starters are crazy. <laughs>
0: You know, is it finally Chris Paul's year? You know, I think that's a question many
1: people are asking. Um, people, people though, forgetting on forgetting about Jamal Murray. Listen, what, healthy Jamal <laughs> Murray and healthy Michael Porter Jr. are a problem. Jamal Murray's low key putting up some numbers this postseason, and I haven't seen one goddamn word about it. It's been crazy. Yeah, the problem with the Nuggets is that they don't play any defense and they're about to play the suns
0: <laughs> yeah like oh man i i would probably take the suns in that series um but it it feels like there might be like a jokic legacy game or two in in, in there or potential Thor.
1: yeah cuz aiden's not any like a-
0: aiden is food for jokic i think what the hell did that dude say today? Um, somebody I saw a quote on the TL, and somebody was like asked DeAndre Ayton, like you know I guess uh, his play has been better in the postseason, and he was like, yeah, that's like what we, that's what I like to call dominating. Like he put Ooh. his last name. Like what? That. I mean, he's not been doing that well to be able – I don't know. I saw it on the TL, and it was one of those situations where I was like – because you can't tell anymore. I was like, is this a fake tweet? You know, like is this is this the real Adrian Wojnowski? I, Adrian didn't tweet that out, but like you can't be certain anymore. Thanks, Musk. Yep. But, man, it's – it's Twitter right now is just a free-for-all. It, it's It's really just like – what the hell do they call the area in Mad Max where the racing? Is it, is it called Thunder the Badlands? Del- no, what is it called the Badlands? Like the the area desert? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I can't remember, but yeah, it's like the Badlands out there, man. You can't trust a goddamn thing you see. I kind of, I kind of enjoy it. I kind of don't, but anywho, um, we'll we'll be keeping tabs on the rest of the NBA playoffs as they continue but just wanted to get caught up on the first round series so far. Okay. We have a television show to um recap and conclude. Are you ready? I'm ready. So, episode 7 and 8 of The Mandalorian season 3 have come and gone since we last recorded. Um episode 7 was titled uh The Spies I think just Spies yeah The Spies and I don't remember what episode 8 was titled but before we get into the specifics um give me some quick thoughts on the end of the series and the series as a whole for you season
1: 3 um I thought it ended pretty well I thought they they ended up tying everything together relatively pretty nicely. Um, I think overall the season was pretty good, not as good as the first two seasons, but still pretty good. And I think we're in an interesting position to get really some fresh new Mando stuff going forward where we're not dealing with Moff Gideon and we're not dealing with all this stuff. So, you know, we're, I'm interested to see where we go from here. um, But this felt like a transition season, you know what I mean? It felt like it didn't really feel like a conclusion of something or anything that had been building for the past two seasons. So that was kind of frustrating that they sort of ended it that way. But I think overall, they still did a good job with with everything.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. It definitely is the weakest of the three seasons. Not saying that it was bad. I still thought it was very, very good. Um. But I think I I don't know if it's if it's stakes or or writing or story. I, I don't know what the word is. Like it, I just wasn't as dialed in episode to episode as I was with the first two seasons. Yeah um, I still thoroughly enjoyed it, you know? I, I still thought we got some great Star Wars content. I really, really liked um how they dove into Bo Katan more, you know, as a character. Mm -hmm. I saw this, um I saw this tweet and it was basically talking about how each three seasons of the show so far have kind of dove or kind of have focused on a character outside of Din. Um with the first season being Grogu, the second season being Boba Fett, and now with the third season being Bo Katan. Um I know not all of those are, like, the same, but, like, it, it does seem like in each of those respective seasons, those characters were highlighted more than the other side characters, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So, I enjoyed Bo-Katan uh, very much this season. Um, Interested to see where we go from here. I know that there were a couple, like, movie and show announcements that were made at, like, Star Wars Con the other week. Um we know that this is not the end for this story with these characters that there there's going
1: to be a season four, right? Yeah. I mean, just a matter of time.
0: And then there's going to be a movie if I'm not mistaken. And the movie is going to wrap up the, uh, I think this, this, the story that they're trying to tell. So, um, but for the most part, I think I'm on the same boat, same exact boat as you. So let's get into the, some of the specifics here. So, Episode seven, titled "The Spies." I mean, this really was your classic setup episode. Um, a couple, I guess, main points to kind of talk about with with, with this episode was, you know, we our first look at Moff Gideon. Um, Moff Gideon is back. We see him in uh, what looks like some some new gear, a new suit, some new armor. Um, he is the head of some sort of super secret evil empire council. Um, and he tells the super secret evil empire council that the Mandalorians have this plan to take back Mandalore and how that could pose a problem for their plans to basically um, bring back the empire. Yep. Um, also in this episode, the two factions of Mandalorians basically unite. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Thanksgiving in a way. Um, uh, they kind of all get together. They have a feast. Uh, and they kind of tee themselves up for this retaking of Mandalore. Um, mm-hmm. and I believe that that's all taking that all happens on Navarro. They decide to meet on Navarro. Yeah, which uh, which was which was pretty cool. We see that Grogu gets a fancy new IG twelve, not IG eleven, IG twelve suit made from IG-11 that he can sit in and control and move around. And the moment I saw that, I was like, oh, he's going to kick some ass in this suit. Definitely, like, next episode. <laughs> like, you just knew. Um, which which was really, really cool. It was kind of a, a neat way to, to bring back IG-11. Mm-hmm. Um, and this episode basically ends with the Mandalorians getting to Mandalore, um, where there is unfortunately... An ambush, you know, by Moff Gideon and his army waiting for him. Um, We do lose a homie in this episode. R.I.P. pause. Dude went out like a badass. There's absolutely no denying that. By the... I'm going to butcher the word. Are they called Praetorian Guards? Praetorian. Praetorian Guards, which... um, Shout out... um, Was that The Last Jedi?
1: (laughs) Yeah, The Last Jedi is where the Praetorian Guards fight Rey and, um, uh, uh, Adam Driver. Adam Driver, Kylo Red. Um, Red, that's it.
0: Okay, I, really quick here, just give me a yay or a nay. Uh, just, you can only respond with one of those two words, nothing else, and I'm editing the episode. Your thoughts on the throne room
1: scene in The Last Jedi. It's really hard because that.
0: Nope, cult- duck, Nope, nope. I said respond with yay or nay. Uh,
1: slight yay. It's,
0: that's still somehow cheating, but I'll allow it. Um, we could really have, I think, an entire episode. We might actually have an entire episode on our thoughts on the sequel trilogy, out there. But um, we do see the Praetorian guards make a return, and they do take out our homie Paz. Um. But not before he puts up a pretty
1: valiant effort. Mm-hmm. But the episode does end with Din getting captured. So. It did have one of my favorite things. Like, he has that heroic last stand where he's fighting all the best guard troopers and he kills them all. And I was like, that's, this would actually be a hilarious moment to be like, oh, oh, I thought I was going to die. Oh, uh, hey, can someone help me out of here? Knock on the door. Hello. Oh. But, uh, then the Praetorian Guards came, and I was like, "Ah, yeah. that's how he gets his exit."
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, um, and the episode does end with Din getting captured by the rest of the, uh, um, I guess the 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 new and improved Dark Troopers. Yeah. That, uh, that Moff has created. So that's where we end off with episode seven, and the finale, episode eight. With a runtime of 42 minutes. A little bit of a shorter finale than maybe, I think, what than what some people were expecting. But it picks up immediately where we left off. And uh, it starts with Grogu going after Din. And basically uh, freeing him from the Dark Troopers. And then we kind of go on a little bit of an adventure with those two. Um, they're kind of going after moff gideon there so they're kind of going through i guess the the base i guess you can call it that down in the, in the caves of mandalore moff gideon's base mm-hmm. um, and they're trying to catch up to him now there's a, a certain scene here where there's these laser beam doors that are blocking their i guess path to moff gideon yeah and um do you know what i'm about to ask
1: you I have a feeling there's there's a couple things that you might ask, but yes. What did that remind you of? Uh, Phantom Menace.
0: Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure that was uh you know not a coincidence. Um, it's a it's a clear parallel to Obi Wan trying to get to um. Oh, this is so embarrassing. Um, why can't I think of his name? Darth Maul, Darth Maul. God, I knew trying to get to Darth Maul in Phantom Menace when when he was fighting Qui-Gon. Um where the doors are kind of going down one at a time. Um whereas in in this instance with with each door that goes down there's another dark trooper or two that he's got to take out. So, uh it was it was a neat little parallel. But while this is going on, we get I mean, what I think is hands down the best action sequence in this season which is the 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 aerial fight between the rest of the Mandalorian and the dark troopers Mm. led by Bo-Katan and the armorer now one thing I want to point out and I should have pointed this out before we started talking about this episode did you buy into the theory that the armorer was a traitor
1: so it was it it was in my head because the the episode was called Spies and we're like, oh, did, how did they ambush them and all that? But then as this episode kind of went on, I was like, OK, if she was going to betray them, it would have had to have happened by now. So at that about halfway through the episode, I was like, I'm um, basically when 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 the, all the Mandalorians start flying down, I was like, this is the moment it either happens here or it doesn't happen. It didn't happen. I was like, okay, she's not there is no. The spy was just the very beginning of episode seven where that um, former Imperial officer tells Gideon what's going on.
0: Yeah, no, I 100 percent agree. I thought that her moment for betrayal might have been when she descended down with the rest of the Mandalorian. But the moment she pulled out the hammer and started going to town on the dark troopers with Bo-Katan wielding the dark saber. I was like, OK, I, I think I think I might owe her an apology. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of was I was a little was a little suss of her. I'm not going to lie.
1: Well, it was either her or the dude from um, that yeah. Bo-Katan fought. I was like, it's yeah. one of these two.
0: The one like, who was piloting the shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No,
0: I 100% agree. And I, I thought that it might have been the armor. Um, plus, the, the actress who plays the armor. I don't know if you saw this. She posted, I guess, like on her Instagram posted a picture with uh, Giancarlo and captioned it like, I'll be your sidekick any day with like a winky face. Mm. So clearly she knew what she was doing and she knew people were theorizing this and she decided to have a little fun, which, Hey, you got us, but um, I am glad to know that she's not, that she, the armor ended up not being a traitor. So, Um, but I thought that that aerial combat scene was probably the best action sequence of the first season, unless I'm completely missing something. I thought it was, I thought it was beautifully shot. Um, you know, I, I thought it looked great. I saw a lot of people saying that it was kind of doing justice to the animation in the clone war series, which was pretty cool. Again, I have not gotten around to watching that yet, but, uh, I thought all around, it was a, it was a pretty great fight.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was it looked a little animated at times, but like, you know, what are you going to do? It's all CGI anyways. So, um, yeah. I thought the action was cool. I mean, the armorer using those, that tong and hammer or whatever was, was awesome.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. 100%. I thought it, it's a unique choice of, of, of weaponry. So, um, we kind of move on from that, that aerial fight uh, Din and Grogu eventually catch up to, uh, Gideon. Um, and the moment that Din kind of, Goes after him, the Praetorian guards come back, mm-hmm. and now he's got to deal with them. And he's kind of getting his ass kicked. Um, actually, not kind of. Homie's straight up getting his ass kicked by these guards. And then Grogu ends up catching up in the IG-12 suit, spamming the no button. Whatever button that is, on his little control panel there, he is smacking the shit out of it. And IG-12 is, you know, just keeps saying no, no, no. And then the guards go after Grogu and they kind of fade off into another room. And now Din is kind of forced to fight Gideon on his own while also worrying about Grogu. Well, while Din is still fighting Gideon, Bo-Katan comes down with the Darksaber to assist she lets Din know that she's got this. She'll she'll focus on Gideon. And then Din gets to go um help Grogu with the rest of the guards. And Grogu's having a sweet old time back there. He he's up on the chandelier, whatever the hell that was. Uh the like the lighting fixture. He's doing he's doing somersaults over these guards. Um I thought it was really cool how they you know, I I, I think it's probably a little bit more of a difficult task than we realize to have a character like Grogu um show personality and have an action scene, um, considering it's a puppet, literally, that they're filming with. Um, and maybe an animatronic in some instances, but I thought it was pretty cool how they did that. Um and still kind of kept him, you know, as Grogu.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, the this of him running along the uh the the whatever that is above in Moff Gideon's room where he's avoiding their lasers and he's just like whoop 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 it's like a Looney Tune. Bugs Bunny running away from Elmer Fudd. I mean, chef's guess. Perfect. Yeah. No notes. <laughs> no it
0: it it was great. It was great. I I I really enjoyed it. But um, you know, Din eventually does catch up, and now they're kind of fighting the guards. Um, and that they do end up taking him out. But um, while they're doing that. Bo-Katan is fighting Gideon. And it's very clear that Gideon's new suit is like got these robotic elements to it. He's definitely got some sort of like increased strength. You can hear the hydraulics in his movements. Um, so he's basically cheating is the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. But Gideon does crush the Darksaber in Bo's hand. So the Darksaber is no more. Don't know if that's just the end of the dark Darksaber um, or if it's going to be able to be repaired. I know it's pretty important to the to the story and to the lore. So we'll see with that. But um, Gideon is eventually taken out because other homie, the one that Bo-Katan fights a couple episodes prior, and the one that we thought might also be a spy or at least one of the choices to be a spy along with the armorer is like. Crashing the giant ship that they have into the caves, into the base. Yep. And causes a huge, huge commotion, huge explosion. We see Moth Gideon get engulfed in the flames. We then see uh, the flames are getting closer to Dinbo and Grogu, but Grogu is able to cast like a force shield dome thing to protect them also again, just kind of pointing out kind of how strong Gro- Grogu is. And, um, that's, that's the end of, of that fight. Yep. We then move over to a couple, um, ending scenes, I guess, where we see them in the waters of Mandalore. Um, Din decides to adopt Grogu because he wants Grogu to be able to train, Um, and become a true Mandalorian, and so the armor lets him know, like, hey, we can do this, but gotta adopt him. And Din, no hesitation, adopts him. So, Din is now Grogu's father, which it's you know, I think we've all kind of thought that that was the case going back to season one, but it's official now, yeah. Um, Din then goes back to that new Republic pilot, the one that we've seen here in the last few episodes, and basically is like, I got a kid now. I need work, but nothing too dangerous. I'm going to be more selective with the jobs that I take. So we kind of see maybe them setting up season four a little bit there, but mm-hmm. the last of, or the last shot that we get is Din and Grogu on uh, outside of a little hut on Navarro um, that was promised to them for, you know, helping the high magistrate with the, the pirates and uh, it's the closing sequence of season three of the Mandalorian. So um anything specific or anything in addition to what you know the thoughts that you already had before we got into it uh, anything specific about these two episodes that you liked or that maybe you didn't like
1: Um no I think uh I think it's all good um or, well I what I would say is like I said I think they wrapped everything up very neatly um, it didn't feel like there were any, like, real strings left loose or anything crazy like that. Um, I just didn't feel like, you know what I mean? It felt like season one, and it just felt kind of weird. Cause first off, if you look at the end of season two and then the beginning of season this season, it's just like the end of season two, Grogu leaves with Luke. Beginning of this season, he's back. Now, obviously, we know because we watched Boba Book of Boba Fett why that is But it's still like Just kind of felt like well It's here you know what I mean mm. um, We didn't get a lot of Time With some of the characters we Come to come to know like Pelly Ma The repair woman on uh, Tatooine she just makes a cameo Appearance essentially You know so I don't know It just didn't feel as good As the other two seasons it didn't all come, I think a, a little bit of pacing issues at the beginning, too, where I'm like, I don't know where any of this is going. And then they finally start building somewhere to bring it all together. And now it's like, okay, now I guess I'm just, we'll find out when season four is coming, which we don't know yet. And Ahsoka and the skeleton crew are, well, Soka's coming this year, Skeleton Crew coming at some point, will be connected to this. And you know what I mean? So it's just kind of like, okay, it was a good chapter in whatever this huge story is. So, yeah.
0: Let me ask you a question. Do you think that they intentionally maybe pulled some punches with the season?
1: Yeah. I mean, it felt that way. And I mean, you know, I don't know if you saw what um, Tamora Morrison Mm-hmm. played Boba Fett said recently, but he said he was supposed to be in Mando season three and then they basically didn't call him. So like there's some, maybe he was going to be a, a factor in this season and then they kind of had to write around it. Like, you know what I mean? It just feel, it just felt like, yeah, it kind of felt wandering a little bit and then they kind of said, Oh, this is where we want to settle. You know what I mean? Yeah. So hopefully season four is more streamlined and we, yeah, And I think that they said, I could
0: be getting this confused with another show. I thought that they said that maybe there wouldn't be as much of a wait in between season three. Nah, wait, I think I'm getting that confused with another show. I don't remember what showrunner said that, but somebody said there wasn't going to be a huge wait in between seasons. I don't remember who said it.
1: I mean, I've seen that for a couple of shows that I've seen recently, like Invincible. It was Man. Invincible. That's what it was. It was Invincible.
0: Yeah. That's exactly what what it was, um, which that comes back soon. Excited. But um, I'm on board with you. I still thought it was great. I mean, this is like one of the, you know, I guess the the series or the the pieces of Star Wars that we've gotten in the last like 20, well, I guess 20 years isn't fair. Last 10 years, I guess since Disney took over. Probably a better way to frame this timeline, but one of the pieces that I get excited about, um, I don't feel let down by the season really. Um I think it was no, pretty I don't either. Yeah, no, yeah, and I, I think you and I feel the exact same way. Like it's just it, it was just going to be hard to top season two, which I think people would say might be better than season one. Like it was gonna be hard to keep keep doing that and it's unrealistic to expect that too so i thought it was still a very very good season um and i'm still excited to see where the story goes yeah that being said does the next piece of star wars that we're getting ahsoka yes okay and that's later this year yes Date tbd still i believe okay so we got that to look forward to um yep Do you have anything else on your radar, whether it's movies or shows that are coming out that you're excited about?
1: Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 comes out soon. Next week? Yep. I got my tickets. Renfield comes out. Or is out. I I might try and go see that. That's the one with Nicolas Cage playing Dracula. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, obviously Spider-Verse in June, so... Are those, like,
0: the only three things that you're, like, looking forward to? Or just the only three things you can think of right now?
1: Boys Varsity starts, I believe, in June as well. The what? The Boys Varsity. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I thought it was called, like... Oh, Gen V. Gen V.
0: Okay, that's what it was. Um... yeah, I'm excited for that. And then they did. Did they just wrap on shoot, filming season four? Yeah. Okay, so we got that to look forward to. Should be. I'm assuming getting a trailer for that. Maybe within the next like four or five months. That show probably won't release
1: until like spring of next year. Maybe maybe this time next year. Yeah, and by the way, I thought Gen V was coming out in June. Turns out just sometime in this year. Don't know. Cool, could be tomorrow, could be December. Yep. You know who who needs
0: exact release dates these days? Not me. Does not bug me one bit, no sir. Anywho, goddamn, why can't anything just release on time, man? I like it seems like COVID came and now just like everyone's getting used to just throwing out a release date that they know they're not going to be able to you know to commit to, and with the with the thought of like oh we'll just push it back. Gets on my nerves, man. This is all this is all Doom's fault. I think Doom was the first one to do it. And it pissed me off. I'm looking forward to Doom Part Two, by the way. Um, I heard that there was some footage shown at CinemaCon, and
1: that it looked
0: pretty good.
1: Yep. Um. And that- go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. Um. Uh, yeah, I, I saw some comments from Villeneuve about this movie too. I call this the main course.
0: Well, I hope we get more Zendaya because we got Zendaya for like two seconds in part one. But uh, I I've heard that I think along with the story too, like where they left off with, with part one and where we assume part two is going to take us that this really is the meat of the story that they're trying to tell. So um, another thing I'm excited for, which I think the only time we've ever talked about this I think, I think I was, I think I mentioned I could not care less, but I don't know what changed. But I saw the second trailer for The Flash today. Did you get around to looking at that?
1: Yeah, I did. What are your thoughts? Okay. (laughs) Let's just get this over with.
0: (laughs) It looks, it legitimately looks good. And I know it's just a trailer, but like. I don't know, man, like it looks good. The the things that I'm reading about it to people who were a part of like early screenings all seems to be like insanely positive, which makes me a little nervous. That, that might be too good to be true, but like I can't help but get excited. It's just in my nature.
1: Yeah, well, whatever. I just let's get to the game. James Gunn verse. <laughs> let's 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 wash this out and let's be done with it.
0: Damn, it's gonna be a long ten years, I think. So anywho, well that'll that'll wrap up today's episode. Um we will be back. I'm assuming our next episode that we drop is gonna be our review of Guardians of the Galaxy, since that comes out next week.
1: Um mm-hmm. Yeah, assuming we don't do one next week, yeah.
0: Oh, oh you know what? I think okay, so I I want to run this by you and I don't mind that we do it here on, uh, on the podcast, but what do you think? It's been a while since we've done, um, a sort of draft or a ranking. So are you familiar with, um, the actors round table that variety does? Yeah. I was thinking about this at work. It'd be fun to put together a list. I, we can think of the number later, whether it's five, six, seven people, of actors that we would love to be a part of a roundtable with. Mm. Um, would that be something you'd want to do for next episode?
1: That's that's something we could do.
0: Okay, now another thought that I had is if, if we wanted to make it more interesting. Was to limit ourselves by um, maybe the genre that the actor or actress particularly is a part of. You know, so if you wanted somebody from like the mob genre, you know, like De Niro, or Joe Pesci, or if well, you wanted somebody, a lot of I know, I know, so it, it would be tricky. But like, I was thinking, of like, you know, if if I wanted to limit myself to somebody that was maybe primarily known from the horror genre, like Jamie Lee Curtis comes to mind. You know, even though she's done so much more outside of like her her early early uh, acting days and like the Halloween franchise, like it'd be something to think about, but we'll, we'll figure that out. I thought it'd be cool to kind of, you know, go into it. And basically I'm, what we'd be creating is a group of actors or actresses that we really would just want to like spend time with and, and hang out and ask some questions to. So, um, I think it'd be something fun, something fun to do. Um, especially if it's in, you know, an episode before we get to review, uh, guardians of the galaxy, you know? So we'll, yeah. um, We'll we'll talk some details on that, but we will be back. Um, So, you know, thank you, everyone that has listened up to this point. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple, if you could go ahead and leave us a review, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Kind of lets us know how we're doing. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. We are on Twitter at MindPopcorn in the bio of our Twitter profile. Um, You will find both Mind and Chuck's personal Twitter handle in the bio there. So feel free to give us each a follow if you'd like. You can follow the podcast on TikTok. We are on TikTok at Popcorn, So feel free to give us a follow there. Chuck, anything you'd like to
1: say before we sign off? If the Colts draft Anthony Richardson, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I knew we forgot to talk about something,
0: and it was the NFL draft. So maybe we'll do a draft recap also next week. But probably um, you're the man. No AR-15 for Indy, but. That'll be interesting to see if that actually transpires. But until then, we will talk to everybody next time.